Welcome to the Landscape Ontario podcast. I'm your host, Karina Sinclair. Life is better outside. Scott Wentworth, owner and president of Wentworth Landscapes in Picton, Ontario, says this is what drives him and his team. Their mission is to craft outdoor spaces that set the scene for building memories, celebrating milestones, and spending more time in nature. This message is certainly resonating with their clients. Wentworth Landscapes has earned a 4.8 star rating on the design site house.com and has won Best of Service Awards four years in a row. Speaking of awards, Wentworth Landscapes won the Employer of Choice Award at the Landscape Ontario Awards of Excellence in 2021. In 2023, the company won several more awards, including two of the Best in Category Awards, the Dunnington Grub Award for the project with the most outstanding and the highest overall score in the construction category, and the Don Sullivan Grounds Management Award, which recognizes skill that protects or enhances the value of the original landscape investments. The accolades don't stop there. It seems the employees at Wentworth Landscapes love supporting this mission too, judging by the reviews on the job board website indeed.com. Comments such as, best company I've ever worked for. They encourage personal development and help you achieve career goals. This company sets the bar for how employees should be treated. And my favorite, it gives me a sense of purpose and belonging. That's the enviable company culture Scott Wentworth has fostered. And he's joining us on the podcast to talk about how to infuse their mission in everything his team does. And more importantly, why. Welcome to the Landscape Ontario podcast. Scott, I'm so excited that you could join us here today. Very happy to do so. Now, first, I'd like to set up uh, for our audience that maybe they don't know about you, but if they don't, I don't know where they've been. But let's tell everybody a little bit more about your business. Certainly. Um, we are based in Picton, Ontario, in the heart of Prince Edward County. Our company's in its 33rd year at this point. We're a landscape design, build, maintenance. We also do swimming pools. We also do building construction and renovation as well. So we've got a team of uh, over 100 people at this point from landscape architects, designers, craftsmen for um, all really the, the, the major trades that are involved in, in landscaping and, and building. So we have just a wonderful team that, uh, that keeps very busy down here. That's a, a lot of people. Are they on staff all year round or is a lot of that seasonal? We're about 60 people full-time around the year and then everybody else is, is seasonal full-time. That's amazing. That's And for a small area, Picton is a beautiful small town in Southern Ontario, but you know, certainly to have the ability to have that many people on staff and, and serve that niche area, that's very impressive. We have another office and yard in Kingston a larger market there, but certainly uh, Prince Edward County with the amount of tourists that, that come over the course of the year, uh, a county of 26,000 expands to over 100,000 on any given given weekend during the summertime. Well, I'm sure everyone that comes to the county gets to admire the beautiful landscapes that you've installed. Now, speaking of which, last year at the Landscape Ontario Awards of Excellence, your company came away with armfuls of hardware. I remember seeing you walk by and in all the plaques in your arms, you could barely contain them all because you had won so many for your amazing designs. 
So that's quite the reputation you have amongst your peers. I also hear that you have an amazing reputation for the culture of your company. I'd love to hear more about how you infuse it throughout your messaging, throughout your staff. How do people know that that you're a really great company? Well, thank you for bringing that up because that's something that's really, really important to myself and, and our entire team. And we refer to it as that intentionally. It's, it's not our company, it's our team, uh, members of our team. And, and really uh, using a sports analogy in many ways really refers to the composition and how we think of one another. Um, especially when you've got a company that has a lot of diversity, as this whole profession does, uh, people with, with skill sets in all sorts of different areas, building the, uh, the acknowledgement of those skill sets, the respect for it, and building a culture that really uh, looks to amalgamate all those things together to really see. Uh, there, one, of the, one of the lines we use in our team meetings all the time is, no one of us is as smart as all of us. And we really live that in really trying to, to gain from one another's knowledge as we apply it. To, uh, to the things that we build and the processes that we use to build it. So when you're onboarding some new staff or people who are still junior in their career, what sorts of things are you doing to help them feel those same values? Great question. And there's multiple ways that we do that. So we have a very comprehensive onboarding process uh, of going through the company, introducing people, um, I think the real secret sauce from that comes from uh, our full team meeting. So if they're joining us for the first time, we have a uh, startup meeting, as most companies do, and that's getting all 100 people in the same room at the same time, which post-COVID, that's a really special thing to be able to do again. Uh, we do this again through the year uh, with really celebration events to really mark the, the things that we've accomplished, the goals that we've achieved over the course of the year at that point. And then our, our wrap-up meeting, which is also our startup meeting again in, in December, which is a bit of a, a show-and-tell meeting as well, where we had slideshows of projects in, in process and people can say, yes, that's what we were working on because very few of us get to see all of the projects that we're working on. So when new members of our company get to see the company, it's an entirety, um, they're part of the process as well that we really work together on establishing our goals, what the, the actions are going to be to, uh, to achieve those goals, and then we how, how we track them to be able to see our progress in achieving them as well. You were telling me once about some of your early days mm -hmm. of your own training and experience and, and described it as being European trained, even though you were, you were here still in Canada. Tell me a bit about how that influenced the way you train others. Very much so. I was very blessed to, to get started with Leslie Salty and Sons, which many members of LO will remember them as one of the, the, the founding companies of, of Landscape Ontario many decades ago. And I benefited so much from what I perceive as a European style apprenticeship. So I worked with craftsmen that were trained in Europe in the field and in, in design reviews and, and teaching me really how to effectively design for people. So in working in the field, I, I worked with horticulturalists, I worked with stonemasons, and they taught me, we, we, we do talk a lot, and this is really infused in our culture, start with why. 
you know, why are we doing things as opposed to the what? And I really felt that was intuitive to those lessons in teaching me how landscapes are brought together. This is why we mix the mortar this way. This is why we cut the stone this way. This is why we lay out plants this way. And this is how we do it efficiently and effectively. So as with so, so many of us in, in this profession, we've learned from wonderful mentors that those lessons carry on and then are multiplied to others from that grounding that we have. You also carry a lot of those values into how you approach your clients and not just how you communicate with them, but again, why you're creating spaces for them. So that's going to lead me to your Come Alive Outside program. Tell me what prompted you to start it and what do you hope to accomplish with it? Well, going back to the, the origins of Come Alive Outside, we were working alongside Jim Paluch and Bob Coulter from JP Horizons, uh, landscape consultants that, that have been working throughout North America. And uh, Jim had come to me with this idea of, of uh, the landscape profession having a stewardship position in being able to get kids, get families, get communities back outside engaging with nature and living healthier lifestyles. And really that becoming part of the mandate of this profession. And the point that really struck home to me was a report from the New England Journal of Medicine that reported because of the health issues related to the sedentary lifestyles of this next generation coming up, it's expected that their lifespans may be shortened by as much as five years. And thinking on that, and what can we do as a company, as members of our team, as members of our community and, and this profession, what can we do to really drive this message home to reconnect people with, with nature, even if it's nature in their own backyards, if it's getting active outside, if it's uh, learning with their hands in the soil, growing something they can eat. These are all some of the original principles of Come Alive Outside. And so we've really expanded that to a rationale as part of our mission statement within our company. And so we view what we do then, uh, especially on a residential scale, as not just building a deck, as not just laying sod or planting trees. What we're doing is creating outdoor living areas for our clients, areas for their kids to explore the garden, see pollinators and butterflies in action, as it were. And, and get firsthand knowledge of that. The other piece of this, when we consider climate change, this current generation of, of children and students coming up has a greater academic knowledge of the environment, of the issues that go into climate change than any generation before them. They probably have many more concerns to, to, to be addressing. Um, but I think there's a principle that we protect what we know. We protect what we have firsthand knowledge of. And the contrary to them having this academic knowledge is that they have the least amount of firsthand experience in nature. So I do feel that there's a stewardship position for our profession to relate to our clients and our communities, to get back out there. And whenever we talk about these things with clients, they're, they're hungry for this knowledge. And I think it's really the pathway then that students have a great awareness of Greta Thunberg 
and and her work in in uh, creating knowledge of climate change, but that really seems to end with protests. We really need to be able to communicate to this up and coming generation that this is the boots on the ground profession to do something about that. People want to have a meaningful impact in their lives in this way. This is where to do it. And I think that really is something that we need to communicate effectively to, to our clients, communities, school communities, to be able to try to, to bring people into this profession where they can realize their awareness and have a positive impact towards uh, arresting clim climate change and having positive environmental uh, designs and, and builds in what we do. Well, I can imagine that the the anger and the, the indignant uh, feelings mm -hmm. that come with protest, right? The, 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 those are big feelings, legitimate feelings, but to convert that into action that feels achievable, right? As a one individual, as one young person might feel like this is such a big problem. What can I do that's going to make a difference? So I will be angry about it, but how do you counter that? What can you do to relieve that anger and actually convert it into some form of therapy as you spend more time in nature? Absolutely. And then being able to work with a team and, and clients to be able to make an impact, even if it's a small impact, if it's building biodiversity by planting native plants that are going to attract butterflies and moss to the garden. And then when you see that happening, you know that there's there's positive work being done towards a big issue, but there's no one single solution for it. It's going to be incremental. And uh, perhaps that's one backyard at a time or, or one tree at a time as we, we take on these challenges before us. Well, there's certainly lots of opportunity there. Do you think municipalities and communities at a larger scale um, could have some real power here as well? So there's the individual homeowner or property owner but how do you scale that so that you start building at these communities that feel as passionately and come together to do this work together? Very much so. And, and some of those communities are, that we're working with currently are school boards, municipalities, colleges, universities. I think they all have a very heightened awareness of wanting to do something, especially under the, the umbrella of sustainability. But what is that, that that's effective? What are the things that they can do and that we can be that, that trusted partner and guide to help them make progress on it? Um, again, I, I think the, the knowledge, both for design and installation and maintenance of sustainable landscapes, resides within, within our profession. And uh, we need to, to go out there, talk about it, build the relationships on it. Uh, I've been doing so a lot recently and in, in this past year and uh, have great pickup with all of those communities in, in uh, wanting to do something and, and them seeing us as that trusted partner that can help them to, uh, to be able to go forward. So when, when a, a homeowner or a property owner approaches you and says, Scott, you do these amazing uh, award-winning backyards, I want one of those too. How do you then approach this conversation about it's not just that we install a backyard for you, it's that we create this platform for you to build memories and so much more beyond that? Exactly. Um, I think it really starts, we have a little bit different process. It's not that different than most, 
but I think it delves in a little bit deeper. And that is most calls, most new calls on a residential uh, front would be looking to redo my backyard, um, looking to have a deck, maybe a swimming pool. All of that is speaking to the what and not the why. So in first meetings with clients, even on the phone, we start to explore what's the why for that? Why, why is it that you wanna have a deck? Do you do entertaining at home? Yes, in fact, we, we have three uh, family get-togethers every year. It's a tradition that we have. We have lots of generations coming. Oh, and how many people would, would you have at that? Well, we're getting up to 40, 50 people. So we want a bigger deck. <clears throat> well, perhaps a deck, a deck is restricted in how many people you can fit on it. Perhaps something that brings you down to the ground to a sitting terrace that can expand out in the lawn areas for these, these get-togethers. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. And do you have kids there? Yes, we do. Well, maybe we should put a play area for the kids away from the grandparents sitting over here while they're having their meal. That's one aspect to really building the design around really understanding the client's needs that they may not even know themselves. And really, that's part of building the relationship with them. The other one gets to the environmental aspects of what we do. And it's not a matter of do you want this or not? It's here's how we do things and why. And I've yet to have a client say, no, not in my backyard. I don't want to attract butterflies and pollinators and, and uh, have trees to capture uh, carbon and, and a healthy lawn to do so. No, everyone wants to embrace that. And they, I, I, again, I think most people want to do what they can do to contribute positively towards the stuff. They just don't know how to do it. So as we bring those things up, it just builds a stronger relationship with the clients and giving them something that they will then be able to say, you know, when, when we're done and they see birds and butterflies in the garden, it, it's just proving that out. And you know they're going to share that at the family gathering or when friends or neighbors come over to have a glass of wine in the evening and they can hear the birds chirping. You know, we didn't hear that before the landscape was redone. So I think being very intentional about bringing those things up and doing it in a way that builds a relationship that gives them great places to be outside and live and have these positive environmental contributions. Speaking of being intentional and forming those relationships, I want to touch on a little bit about some of the upcoming work that you'll be doing for Truth and Reconciliation. Now, Landscape Ontario has a very young program. We're, we're still in the process of working at all the kinks and developing, um, you know, with Indigenous partners. But the idea of uh, installing reconciliation groves at schools to help bridge that connection between settlers and colonialist uh, communities and Indigenous communities. So you're you're actually doing something about this. You're not just talking about it. There is something happening uh, tell me a little bit about what the future of that might look like. We are, we've been very fortunate to, to uh, be working with one of our local school boards here. Uh, we have been doing some work with them with Come Alive Outside through the, the design challenge and had created an Indigenous learning space within the school, but didn't fully realize it. We just, there's, a, there's a, basically a bookmark for that right now. They were forming an Indigenous Advisory Committee, and we didn't want to take the design any further until we had an opportunity to partner with them. Now, during the, the, the time that we were waiting for that to form, uh, we, we found out about the, the Reconciliation Grove Planting Project and thought this would be a marvelous fit. 
And uh, again, to build confidence in members of Landscape Ontario to speak with their clients. I brought this up matter-of-factly to one of the facilities managers at the school board and just gave them a the two-minute elevator speech of what the reconciliation growth planting is hoping to do and to be. And they said, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to get back to you on that. The next day, I heard back. I brought it to senior management already, and they are all in. We want to explore how we can do this for the new builds that we're working on and also the other schools within our, our board community. Um, so again, great idea, great things that, that we need to share with others. As this is moving along, we've built it into some of the new school designs. Um, but again, some of it has got placeholders in it. Um, the Indigenous Advisory Committee uh, formed just in the springtime. We were at their, their second meeting and presented the reconciliation growth concept to them at that point. But in the, con the, the terms of here's what could be done, not this is what you should do. And I think that's really, really important. Again, we, we, we want to be partners with this community to understand how we can best proceed. It really is a matter of sharing our perspectives, ours in wanting to do something to recognize this and to bridge the gap that exists and to do so in a way that's sensitive and meets the needs of that community as well. So we're really excited about the potential of this, but fully understand that we need to take it slow to get it right and to have the right uh, conversations and build the right relationships to do so. The restraint and respect required to do something like that when uh, it's so tempting to just go ahead, dig a hole, put a tree in it and feel like you've accomplished something and, and put a plaque next to it. Uh, whereas actually taking the time to get that feedback from the meaningful partners, that's a step that can't be skipped. But it does sound like this kind of project and, and really being a green steward in general, to help people reconnect with the earth, to reconnect to nature, to find their way in green spaces. It's just a powerful profession to be a part of. And that, that must be very exciting and inspiring. It absolutely is. And I think coming to work in the same profession after 42 years, there's still things like this that are tremendously energizing. And I really, really hope that everybody has the time in this very, very busy year and professional lift their heads up and see these opportunities of, of where we can be making significant contributions with our teams to our communities in, in these ways. That looks different for every company in every, every region, every town, village, and city that we're, we're within, but they're there. We just need to uh, grab a hold of it. And I think it's a really great point for being excited and energized by, by what we do. Now, how do you feel about the Landscape Ontario community? You've been a member for a long time. You've you know, been uh, participating in many of the programs. How do you see the Landscape Ontario community mm -hmm. being able to support that very mission that you were just talking about? I think it's trying to create a little bit of space around us to be able to look for where those opportunities are. Um, it's easier in some ways being in a small town and a small community to have these opportunities, to have the relationships, to, to know where to go. But I'm convinced they're everywhere. We, we just need to, to, to lift our heads up and, and see where they are. Um, 
this is a very, very generous and giving profession. Uh, Landscape Ontario members uh, give of their time, uh, give of their 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 wallets, uh, give of their interest, and I think having a, a a focus on and a confidence in having these conversations and how meaningful these things can be to our communities is really uh, the message that I would like to, to further along. Be confident uh, in knowing that we do amazing things. Um, and I think it really puts us in a position to be leaders going forward in looking at issues such as reconciliation and looking at issues uh, of the environment and climate change um, and really energizing the generation to come with something that's very meaningful to devote their lives towards. Speaking of the generation to come, do you work with many apprentices or uh, graduates from the GROW program? We have been involved with the apprenticeship program very deeply when it was offered at Loyalist College in Belleville. Um, it's not in our region right now. We really would love to get back involved in it again at that point. We are involved in the Employers of Choice program, uh, the peer network there. We work with our community in, in ways that we can try to get students involved in this. The greatest one is the work that we do is come alive outside with the uh, design outdoor spaces within their school grounds. And I'll tell you, those that have an opportunity to participate with this, it is magical to be dealing with a school community. Let these kids' imagination go wild. And for the students, the teachers, and the parents to have a completely different perception of what the landscape profession does in designing these spaces and building them, in addressing climate change, in impacting people's lives, in, in getting active outside. So when those opportunities arise, really, really hope members of Landscape Ontario will look for ways to uh, be involved in that. Well, that sounds transformative on so many different levels, from personal to environmental. I mean, the potential of that is huge. We've had some teachers, uh, through the program have, have told us about students that they really haven't gotten about excited about anything this school year yet. And I've seen some that as they're drawing out ideas, they're using both hands. They just can't get, get the, the excitement and the energy out fast enough for it. If some of these don't become, they've been involved with it that we've seen, don't become landscape designers at some point. The stars have crossed the wrong way in the universe because it really exposes them to uh, to the things that we do and I, I'm sure is going to be engaged with them in the future as well. Well, it's fantastic that you're in a position where you can share that look behind the curtain for young people who don't even know that landscaping and horticulture is a career path uh, potential for them. So that's a, a great opportunity and, and a power that you have. And when you said that it felt magical, how many people get to say that about their day-to-day -day job, that it, it feels magical? Absolutely. So Scott, you've given me and our listeners so much to think about, so much inspiration. And I really appreciate that you took the time to meet us today to walk us through your Come Alive program, the relationship building that you do, and how you build a quality culture within your teams. I really hope that this inspires a lot of other Landscape Ontario listeners to do the same within their own companies. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you today, Karina, and really looking forward to finishing off a, a great season and to the, the path in the future of uh, Landscape Ontario and its members going forward. 
hope that you heard something inspiring from my conversation with Scott Wentworth today. Let us know what resonated with you the most. We're always glad to hear from our listeners. For your reference, we have a full transcription for today's interview on this episode's webpage at landscapeontario/podcast. Don't forget, registration for Landscape Ontario Congress is now open. Congress is Canada's largest and longest-running trade show and conference for landscape professionals. With over 400 exhibitors covering more than eight acres, Congress is a one-stop shop for the latest equipment, tools, materials, and supplies. It's everything you need to do what you do best. Thank you so much for listening to the Landscape Ontario podcast. We talk to all kinds of innovative and knowledgeable landscape professionals. So be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes for inspiration every month.